This is just a smidge more with Brandy Henson. I'm Holly Stillings, and this is everything you want to know without an appointment. This is a weekly podcast where medical profession and real life collide. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another episode of just a smidge more. I'm Holly Stillings. I'm here with Brandy Henson, and we have a special guest here, Carrie McCoy. Hi, Hi, Carrie. Hi, good morning. And Carrie is a licensed family therapist. We are so excited to talk to her. We have so much to talk about. She deals with individual, childhood, marriage, all the things that we need therapy for in life, right? <laughs> yes. We've got yes. like six pages of we have questions. Like good. Pages of questions. <laughs> we looked over and we're like, wow, she's going to be here all day, yeah. <laughs> all day. I'm open. Yeah. So she has a private practice in Riverside, and Carrie specializes in emotionally focused couples therapy, which is pronounced like a EFT. Um, and she sees uh, clients for individual as well. She is also a professor at a local college teaching psychology, and she's been married for 20 years. Wow, you know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope. You hope. <laughs> and she's got two boys, 18 and 19, and she loves helping people. Mm-hmm. What a perfect job for you to be in. It is. That's it is. awesome. I think I've always been a natural therapist. Um, I just have the degree to back it up now. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. So Brandy and I, when we were looking over your website and we were chatting this weekend, oh my gosh, we have so much to talk about. Like, where do we start? I I know. Gosh. So talking to some of our friends and some of our coworkers here, They've all kind of weighed in. They're like, can you take a call from us? From us? Can we call into this? And here's what we would like to know. So we have a list. And uh, number one, so individual therapy. Yes. Do you think everyone needs it? I think everybody could benefit from therapy. Uh-huh. I always say this, healthy people go to therapy. Okay. And people will say, no, healthy people don't. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, healthy people go to the gym. That's yeah. Oh, right. I love that. So it's it's really like a maintenance thing to me. Like you get a tune up on your car. You are willing to, you know, do things for in a spa. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like therapy is the same, just a place for you to like learn and grow. So, but yeah. I'm a, I'm a therapist. I'm supposed to say that. <laughs> I I agree. I think everybody should be in counseling. Oh, I've I said do this too. before. We are definitely pro-therapy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What do you say to people who are strongly opposed to therapy? Or they say, I would never do that. It's for weak people. Yes. I've I've actually heard that a lot. Um, Or people that have a negative experience with their therapist. um, And then they base therapy solely on that one experience. And so one thing I always encourage people is try it out for three sessions, three or four sessions. It might not be a good fit. And so I think people forget that like personality clashes, mm-hmm. things a therapist might not be a good fit, but please don't base all of therapy off of that. Our job is not to advise you whether to do something or not. Um, we are not here to, you know, tell you to leave your spouse or, you know, do this or do that. We are just kind of providing space for you. And so if somebody is opposed to it, I would say, have you tried it? Yeah. <laughs> How do you know it yeah. doesn't work? Right. right. The thing I liked about your website, um, it had stated like in the in your first session, we will develop a plan mm. for you 
that will work for you or that will work will work on it together. And I really like that because I think people shopping for well, I say shopping, but we've had a lot of people comment that, you know, they've gone to these therapists and that how do they find the right therapist for them? And which type of therapist should they go with? You know, is it, you know, psychotherapy? Is it this? Is it that? And so, you know, what are the red flags that, you know, if you're seeing a therapist, you would say, you know what, this isn't for me. But I really liked that you focused on a plan. Mm. Because sometimes I think you go to a therapist. And when I went to a therapist, it was like, you know what, we're just gonna tell me your story over and over again. And And I went to like three different ones. And it was like, oh, my gosh, so I've wasted this much money, this much time. Like, can we just cut to the chase? Like, I've gone over this story so many times. And so I really like the fact that you create a plan within your first session. Yeah. And I think that is amazing. Yeah. One thing I like to do with um, the clients that I first meet is at the end of the session, I always like to ask at the end what they liked about our our session together and what they didn't like. And when I don't always have time to do that because sometimes we get really into the meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's a space for them to tell me because it really is a therapeutic relationship. So if you didn't like something that I said or you didn't like maybe my style of how I did it, I can customize. I can take a step back. I'm not going to take it personal. I'm going to like use that as a tool to say you're now advocate, advocating for yourself. A lot of people that may be the first thing they need in therapy is just to advocate and like have a space and have their own voice. As cliche as that sounds, there are so many people that don't have a voice. Yes. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yep. What would you say some red flags are when you're seeing a therapist? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. No certificate on the wall. I know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I actually don't have any of my degrees on the wall. I know. I'm, I'm like, kidding. <laughs> um, let's see. A red flag. I'm trying to like think of like my own experience too. Definitely if they're going to tell you specific advice, mm-hmm. like you should not be doing that, you know, how, how could you do that judgment? Mm-hmm. So that would be, I'm, I'm like trying to like. Figure it out. So if you're feeling judged by your therapist, number one, the therapeutic alliance is probably the number one indicator for client outcome success. And so if you have somebody that you feel like is judging you, not a good space. Mm -hmm. And I always say, like, go off of your feelings. So if you have, like, that knot in your stomach Mm -hmm. that feels like it's not right, it's probably not right. Right. (laughs) Do you ever say, like, listen, I don't think we can continue together as, like, me as your therapist, you as my client, like, I, I, like, do you ever just bang your head up against the wall and be like, why aren't you getting this? (laughs) I definitely, I definitely can bang my head on the wall, but I actually, it's very rare that I have that happen because I do feel like I have different modalities that I use. And so everybody's different. But if I do feel like they need a different expertise, um, we might be looking at like deep addictions, Mm -hmm. like sex addiction, I'm going to refer them out. um, And it's going to be more of like, I'm not I'm not giving up on you, but there's somebody with better expertise. Right, like specialized. Exactly. Mm-hmm. These are the reasons that I want to send you, um, you know, to that referral. But very rarely do I say, look, like, we're going to have to to end this. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if they're not benefiting from treatment, that's, again, like a space that we need to talk about and say, is this working for you? And if it's not working for you, let's come up with a plan. There's another plan. 
either finding you maybe a few referrals to see if there's a better fit or, you know, redirecting our goals. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Why are men so against therapy? Oh, (laughs) I mean, am I wrong? I actually am seeing more men seeking out therapy. So I have faith that men are recognizing that they need a space to talk. Good. So I am seeing a difference than maybe when I first entered private practice. A lot of men wouldn't go to Is it like an ego or a pride thing where they don't want to seem, I guess, if you view like Mm -hmm. therapy or counseling as weak? Yeah, you know. when really it's strength. It really is. It really is. Yes. I I applaud men. Oh, I love therapy. every week when we get to talk to our counselor, and I'll <laughs> even say, "I'm saving this for Hillary." <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me write it. Down. Yeah, let me write it down. Let me read my notes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think you know, I would say because I've seen counselors in my life, and I think one thing that never really clicked with me is having a counselor that agrees with you about everything. Mm. So. I, I mean, Hillary is amazing, and she'll even tell me she's a lot about self-discovery. So the first few sessions I had with her, I was like, I don't think this is working. I'm doing all the talking, and she's doing all the listening. And it was really to get me to a place where I was like, where I see it, where I discover it myself, and it's not her agreeing with me or telling me. And now I love her. Like, now I just get to talk for a whole hour with her, but... um and, and she will disagree with me. It, and especially like, especially if I've saved something for marriage counseling and I'm like, ooh, she's really going to get you for this one, Travis. And she'll tell me like, She'll be like, Brandy? Yes. And it sounds like that. Like, well, how do you think that made him feel? I'm like, we're not talking about yeah. him. We're You're talking like, about okay. me right now. Next question. But you don't want a, like a counselor that is just going to agree with you yes. about right. everything. Like, yes. Because then what's the point of counseling? Yeah. Right. What's the point? That's a good red flag, actually, because it's like if the therapist is always agreeing with you and not really challenging you, but it also depends on the type of person that you yeah. are. Mm-hmm. So this goes back to that initial plan of, do you want want, you know, what what kind of therapist are yeah. you looking for? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you want somebody that's going to challenge you and not necessarily like, Brandy, yeah. why did you do yeah. that? But more of like, okay, well, let's see what's your husband's perspective, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, And I think she's really good at that. But I have had counselors that just kind of agreed with me about everything. And then I would leave and be like, well, I don't feel any better. I feel like I've gotten nowhere. Like I, yeah. I feel no better leaving this appointment. I think you have to go through those times to get to the golden stuff, right? Yeah. You have to yeah. go like, why am I doing this now? I feel horrible. Like, do I really want to go back? Do I yes. really want to spend the money? Do I, do I, do I? And then you get to a point where it will just all come together. Yes. And you got to get through that hump though. Freud mm-hmm. actually you talked really about do. its resistance mm-hmm. and everybody experiences resistance. It's that part of your brain that's like, you don't have anything to talk about. You have mm-hmm. nothing. You, you've actually resolved all your problems, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> right. And then you go to therapy and you're like, why did I just have the biggest epiphany of my life? Yeah. Right. So yeah. I, you're right though. You In the beginning, you have to sort of go through and you are going to question and doubt. But then when you come out the other side, like you're saying mm-hmm. with your therapist, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I saw through this. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about counseling people in their 20s and 30s and 40s. I think the younger generation is, we've talked about this on past podcasts, they are all about mental mm-hmm. health and much better than our generation and our you know parents' generation. Yes. Um, so what, what do you see in your practice now? Um, like 
someone who you have a lot of 20 year olds coming in? So I do have, I have a wide range. Like when you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're the younger generation is so much more open to therapy. Mm -hmm. And it's so cool because they're like leaps and bounds ahead of us. At least me generation wise. I'm like, I wasn't doing that in my twenties. No, it was probably my thirties. I was like really discovering who I was. Mm So that's exciting. But I have a wide range. Mm -hmm. I mean, more men are seeking therapy individually, mm-hmm. which is really big. And I yeah. love it yeah. because I think they're recognizing they need space too. Yeah. So um I have a good I have a good range of mm-hmm. all ages. All ages. Yeah. What about couples therapy? Like what is your oldest couple that you that you mm. give therapy to? Well, you know, because of HIPAA, I can't say specific ages. Well, I but... know, but what's the range? Just give us a little idea. So probably on average, I would say it's about 40s. 40s. But the oldest. After that, everyone gives up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just figured they've been together so long. Yeah, they're just going to stay together. Yeah, exactly. We're, keep this we're going. stuck. It's cheaper to keep her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I tell my husband. He said, I'm not sure. My husband. That's what my husband tells me. <laughs> but I do. I have older. I do have um, in their 60s. But probably more 40s, some in their 20s. So I do have a good range. And I mean, you know, their problems obviously look, they can look different, but they really are very mostly similar. Similar. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't matter their age. So that's what's really interesting. Talking about the couples therapy, what is the EFT model? Because you talk about that on your website. Yeah. So what is that? Oh, man, I could talk about this all day. Okay. Okay. So emotionally focused therapy is we are not worried about the surface emotions. Okay. So couples want to come in and they want to kind of what Brandy was talking about earlier, like they have their notes. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well, he doesn't take me out on dates and he doesn't buy me flowers anymore and he doesn't take the trash out on Tuesday. I am not concerned about those issues. EFT, we want to go deeper than that. Mm-hmm. What are you needing? What's happening for you? Um, and most couples don't know. What do you mean? What do I need? Mm-hmm. I need them to take out the trash. No. Mm-hmm. Like, what are your attachment needs? So EFT, okay. we're really big on attachment. Um, and so we actually, as EFT therapists, we find out your attachment history. So the good, the bad, and the ugly, you learned relationships from your parents, mm-hmm. from your past relationships. And so we have to go back in time and like figure out those attachment histories because we reenact those with our current partners. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, in EFT, we're trying, we, we do that. So we're gathering information. And so I could spend forever here. So yeah. I'm going to try to say it as fast as possible. It's so good. I'm so fascinated. But every couple has a dance or cycle they go into. Okay, so every couple, even me and my husband Mm -hmm. have a cycle. And so as an EFT therapist, I'm just trying to kind of figure out what their dance looks like. Typically, the stereotypical couple, the the husband um, is the withdrawer. He Mm -hmm. shuts down. The woman, the wife, is the pursuer. Mm -hmm. So she starts to criticize. The more she criticizes, the more he withdraws. Mm -hmm. And it's like she can't figure out why he's going away. But as an EFT therapist, um, who wants to be criticized, Mm -hmm. right? And so we call the pursuer, I always call it like shooting darts. Mm -hmm. You shoot darts at your husband. Right. But you can't figure out why he's running from you. Right. Right. (laughs) 
some it's, people it's that are really like, good shots. Yeah. Well, and it's <laughs> like drugs. you're calling your mother and she's like, uh, you never call me. Yes. And I'm like, well, we talked yesterday. You never. Mm-hmm. Well, we need to talk more. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, my God. Right. It's the okay, same mom. thing, though, but a different scenario. It you is. Know? It is. It's just like. Chasing. Right. It is chasing. Chasing it. nothing. And so I'm trying to get, if, if it's a stereotypical couple, I'm trying to get her to see if you can put the darts down. <laughs> you might be a professional dart player and that's nice. Right. But if you can put the darts down and tell him, I feel disconnected from you. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. where are you? Which, what, that what's takes happening? a lot of courage to do. Yes, it does. To communicate that. Yes. And to get in that habit of like, I'm going to tell you my intimate feelings yes i mean i've been married for 20 years how long have you guys been married tomorrow will be 19 years 19 <gasps> oh my years gosh. yeah so i mean we've been we've been around the block with yeah. our husband yes. <laughs> yeah yep <laughs> and it's you know i think when you're younger you want this image or at least mm. i did you wanted this image of like oh like nothing bothers me i'm fine like mm-hmm. i don't need that yep. like i'm cool like I don't want to be one of those wives yeah. that like you need this and this and I need this and this. And then it's like you and you're building a false relationship, yeah. then, you yeah. know, and a false image. Yeah, a false image. And but I think as we have gotten older in our marriage, it's been more like I need this from you yes. and I need this from you and I'm going to be really honest. And it's not it's not sexy. It's not you know, cutesy wootsy, like it's lovey like dovey. lovey dovey. Like I feel disconnected, yeah. and to say those words, it takes a lot. It yeah. does, a lot of courage and a lot of like self reflection. It does, yeah. and vulnerability. Vulner. Yeah. That's the word I was yeah. looking for. Vulnerability. vulnerability. But vulnerability and EFT model is what drives connection. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. when I can show you kind of this dark side that not everybody sees. Yes, it's when we fall in love with the person. So an EFT, and we're it really going, is. Yes, like you love me for me. Yep, good, bad, ugly, all of it. Yes. Like that is the real connection. Yep, and that's where the intimacy really is. It's true. It's just like really amazing. It gives me the chills. Yeah. me too. Yeah. It yeah. really does. But. I wish that like we could have rewound, like we would have known this. Like, no. Well, that's what I was just thinking. You know? Like, what if you knew this EFT model before you were ever dating? I know. Like how much, like if you were able to verbalize individually what you needed, like yeah. through each relationship, how different it would have been. Yeah. Or each, even, even like for me, like growing up, we didn't talk about feelings. So I could literally, my world could be falling down and you would look at me and never know it. <sighs> And so I think that obviously carried through to even friendships, like friendships, relationships. I would just give, 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 give. Like I would never say I needed anything. And that carried into marriage, you know. And now I look at my girls. I'm like, I don't want you to be like that. Talk about every feeling because it's taken a lot of therapy to undo that. Yes. And go back and be able to tell Trav, like, this is what I need. Because he would ask me, like when we were married, you know, earlier in our marriage, like, what do you need? Like, do you even have a feeling? Like, mm-hmm. you yes. don't talk about feelings. You're not loving. Like, mm-hmm. it just, and, and now, I'd like, he gets every feeling. But I'm like, it's something that probably could have saved a lot had I done it individually before any relationships, even in friendships. I mean, yeah. whatever relationships I came into contact with. But you learned that it takes risk to do that. And yeah. so it's yeah. safer to yeah. not say anything. But then you also knew, know what the cost is of yeah. that, right? Yeah. So many years of holding it in. Yeah, It's like holding it in. It's not having boundaries with people. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
you know, it's not being able to verbalize how I felt. Yep. It's it. So, I mean, I think probably that, that, that did a lot of damage to my younger self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes. absolutely. Well, and it's like, we're all in evolution, right? We're just like evolving, evolve. Yes. And there's so much online about, you know, mental health and all these different psychologists and podcasts. And I love it. You know, Brandy's like, oh, you're, you're self-help. It's right up <laughs> your alley. She's always got a self-help book. I just book. love yes. it. It's fascinating. Yes. You know, it really is. But it's just, it's people. It's the science mm. of people. And I, I mean, what's more entertaining than people? Yeah, it's true. It's pretty it's interesting. True. But really, we all need, we have a need to connect and belong, right? Right. And so belonging doesn't just look like, superficial relationships, the older we get, the more we are realizing like, okay, like my identity, yes, is mother, my identity is wife, but I'm also a friend. And I also need to like learn to like date myself and yes. like, what, it, what and is love it? love yourself. Yes. Yeah. What do I love about myself? Right. When yeah. you look in the mirror, like, what do you love about yourself? Not just exterior, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you think this model that you you love, right? Oh, and you use it. it all the time in your practice. I love it. So do you think it really works? Um, a hundred percent. That is what's so cool is like the the couples that come to see me, most very, very few actually end in divorce. Mm-hmm. So this well, model that's works. Great. It is good because it's not trying to like do a complete 180 on, mm-hmm. on their relationship. It's just saying, look, there's a reason that you guys were brought together. And I always ask a couple their very first session, what when did you first meet? Well, tell me the story. And it's so cool because we could they could be married for 20 years and like that resentment is built and they're like really um angry at each other. And then when when I hear them tell that story, mm-hmm. they smile and they're laughing. And I'm like, that is why you two are together. Yeah. Still. We have to get back to that place. Still. Yeah, still. <laughs> but but it's like we forget. Yeah. We yeah. forget. We see all the negative things about our partner and I want them to go back because that is what attachment is. There's something that drove us together. How do we get back there? Mm-hmm. And of course, it's not like when we first met, but you can get back there and it can be even better. And I watch couples actually mm-hmm. have intimacy. Some couples have never actually had emotional intimacy before coming to my office. I believe that. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they've had physical intimacy, but yeah. the, the emotional never had it. And it's like a whole different ball game. Yeah. So I was in college when I learned about EFT and I could not afford the training. It was way too expensive, but mm-hmm. I bought the CD. It was like 110 bucks, I remember. Yeah. When there were CDs. <laughs> yeah. My daughter I'm dating one, myself. Like, what is this? Yeah. It was a DVD. Did it have a Sharpie with yeah. the title written on the CD Mixtape. Mixtape. Yeah. We're really aging yeah. ourselves here. I know, we really are. And okay. I watched it over and over again. And so when I was able to do the training and I completed the supervision and everything, like I've always believed in it because it, just makes sense. Attachment is like innate in us. We, mm-hmm. It's like with our kids, like they need a secure attachment. They need a caretaker that's going to know that they're there. We need the same thing in adulthood. Yeah. And I would say the older that we get, the more we realize how much intimate relationships are meaningful to Absolutely. us. Yeah. Absolutely. But you have to be vulnerable to get there. You, t- you have to take mm-hmm. a risk. You do. Yeah. yeah. So we talked about couples in our, your 20s, 30s, 40s. Mm. 
60s. What about the, so like the EFT patterns, you're saying like 70% on your website you feel and successfully yeah. or don't end successfully or I would even say for my practice alone. End is the wrong word. Yeah. 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 <laughs> not as successful. So yeah. Not as successful, but yes, the EFT model really, um, couples have a lot of success because again, it's not, it, what we're trying to do is change their dance and cycle to where because when they get into their cycle it drives disconnection yes and I also read this on your website about um, communication patterns Mm -hmm. and the or problems in how we persuade this really spoke to me persuade our partners to take our point of view Mm. which really is completely the wrong thing to do and I remember doing this as my younger self I was like why why don't you see it my way what is wrong with you the best way yeah Yeah, duh I'd be like this is the only way this is dumb what do you mean (laughs) yeah and I think for my husband same thing you know right but Mm -hmm. but to really understand that I have desires and he has desires and like what do you need and what do I need it's very different you know um it was really funny I'm gonna say an example of my parents that I just had on I just spoke with my dad on Saturday and it's really hilarious it's kind of funny I hope they don't get mad at me for sure (laughs) they'll only know if they listen but they've been yeah this is a test they've been married for literally like 100 years and um and so my dad called me and we're talking and he's like He's like, you know, I just don't enjoy shopping the way your mom enjoys shopping. I want to go to Mammoth. I like to fish. I like to do this. He's like, I don't think your mother understands that I don't like shopping the way she likes shopping. And I was like, wow, dad, this is really a whole new you. I was like, good for you. Like, it was a small piece of, it just kind of bottles what we've all felt in our life, right? Mm. But the fact that he's telling me this is like, uh, you know, a million years they've been married. And I was like, wow, I'm really proud of you. You know, you're speaking what you want. Yes. And you're analyzing this as a shopping trip and a fishing trip. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and my son was on the phone, too. And we're talking to him. Jack's like, pick me up. Oh, yeah. Jack was, like, Jack was like, I'll go fishing anytime. But it was just so funny. And I was like, well, you know, that's what keeps him alive and yes. young and, you know, talkative and everything. And it was just, I was just like, gosh, this marriage thing, it just keeps going. Yeah, it keeps going 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 and going. But it's like he was kind of coming to terms that like, it's okay that she has a different need, want, hobby than him. Doesn't mean, now couples should have rituals. They should Mm -hmm. have things that they do together. Together. Doesn't have to mean Mm -hmm. everything, right? Right. Oh, they have lots of rituals. Yes. They're rituals. They like to go to eat. They like to go to the, you know, the movies. They like to go to church. And then they, I thought they like to go shop, but I guess only one does. <laughs> guys don't like to shop. He, he likes the guys he, at home. He likes to go to Costco. My dad likes to go to Costco. Yeah, he does. Oh, he does. Yeah. Or Lowe's, maybe. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> Costco or Lowe's. Yeah. But only the Costco in Palm Desert. That's really how funny. Favorite. I know. Isn't that funny? That, that, Anyways, it's just, I mean, not to go off on a tangent, but it's just, it was just like, wow, this is, it, life is so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like accepting your partner for where yeah. they're at, too. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Before we move into couples, 
because I got a whole page about that. Um, <laughs> but what is the best way for someone to work on themselves individually? I mean, if they're single, married, divorced, widowed, like what would you say is the best way to work on yourself? Mm, well, I don't want to say there's a best way because then it would be like my advice, but some maybe steps, I guess, to like like self-help or self-growth is um, in my personal growth class, I have students write a journal um, and even even the guys in the class. And so a lot of them have never journaled. Well, what does journaling do? Well, it, it, it first of all, you have to put either pen to paper or on online mm-hmm. um, your thoughts and getting them outside of your head. So a lot of times we think that things make sense in our head and we we maybe wrestle with it all night and then we put it on paper and we're like, oh, like, wait. And it's not like it's going to resolve all your yeah. problems, but just sometimes even just starting there with get your thoughts outside of yourself mm-hmm. can be huge yeah. just to recognize. And then if you start to see patterns and themes, I would definitely say take that to therapy. Like, you know what? I'm noticing that like a lot of my friendships, I don't ever have healthy closures. Yeah. I keep noticing that. Like I cut people off and I don't know why. There's a reason that you do it and it's probably because it's a trauma response. Yeah. That's how you've learned to, mm-hmm. to deal with relationships is just cutting them off. But healthy closures are actually really important. And a healthy mm-hmm. closure can be you know, this friendship isn't going to work for us anymore. Mm-hmm. I love you. I wish you the best. But yeah, our, our time is done together. And so you still have that closure versus like all these resentment things that are built. So I'm just using that as an example. Um, but I think journaling could be a good start. Yeah. I love, like you said, podcasts, just listening to other people who, you know, what do you identify within yourself? Yeah. You know, just gaining that self-awareness. So that I would say is a good step in the right direction. I'm careful to say the best yeah. step, but, um, and then trying, trying out therapy, Just trying out different therapists. The cool thing is, is nobody has to know that you're going to therapy. I think people have to remember that. They're so afraid of like, oh my gosh, what are people going to think of me? Or what is my family? Nobody needs to know. HIPAA protects you. I think it's awesome. I do too. I'm just like, I mean, tell me everything. (laughs) Like, what did you talk about today? (laughs) What can I learn from Mm -hmm. it? But the journaling is something I did not understand. And I really haven't done that, but it's amazing. I think I'm going to start because I actually had a conversation with a friend this weekend and we were talking about you coming in. She had explained to me that journaling had helped her, like you said, feel she feels very anxious or, Mm. uh, you know, wakes up with some anxiety like we all do or maybe I do or, you know, you know, whatever you're dealing with writing these things down and then going back and looking at your past writings that you put in your journal really help you. You you look at them and you go like, well, that's crazy. Like, why are you worried about that? You know what I mean? And that was a crazy thought to have. But it's so real at the time. But it's so real at the time, Mm -hmm. you know? Certain people, do you think certain people are worriers and certain people aren't? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I'm a worrier. I'm a worrier. Me too. too. Like so much. My husband's like, what did your parents do to you? I'm like, I don't know. I'm worried the kids are going to get get hit by I a car. Know. Like I'm like, look for brake lights, okay? Yes. Like, you know, I 
I know. I'm like all over the place. I was going to say being a mom, like we naturally see like ahead, like we get visions of what it could look like. And so my kids like roll their eyes, like you always say, be careful. And I'm like, because I picture all the bad things that could go wrong. I don't want to have that superpower. Okay. Yes. (laughs) And I think being a warrior and then working in the ER for 21 years. Oh my gosh. It wasn't a good combo because everything you think will never, ever happen. happen. Like I knew it. Yes. And I was right. Girls like. You know, it's it, it's hard because the, like Kennedy's thirteen, girls are getting older. Like some of their friends are allowed to do more than we allow our girls to do, and Kennedy thinks that we're just strict. Mm-hmm. We we don't care about her. We're embarrassing her, and you know, and we had an kind of an incident about that when we were camping. And I just told Kennedy, I said, Kennedy mommy and daddy are going to do what we think is best for you. I don't care what anyone else is doing. And I had this conversation with my counselor because I'm like, am I being too strict? Like, am I not giving her enough Am I having irrational fears? You know, and she told me, and so my therapist told me what she used to tell her boys is if you're ever in a bad situation or uncomfortable situation, blame me. Just say, oh, you know, my mom is so strict. She will never let me do that. Blame it on me. I don't care. I love that. And so I told Kennedy, I'm like, you could blame anything on me anytime you want. She's like, I already do. (laughs) I was like, well, great. Perfect. (laughs) Continue. But, you know, and I just told her, I said, it's not mommy and daddy not wanting to give you freedom, but your brain is also 13 years old. Mommy and daddy have seen a lot of really bad things that you don't think can happen or, you know, parents haven't seen or think that they can't happen like and we're going to protect you so it was hard it's hard yeah. to deal it's with hard. and we know we can't protect them from everything you know my husband's like we can't protect them I from everything them in bubble wrap if I could. <laughs> that's what and that's what joel said he's like you can't my husband is like you can't wrap them in bubble wrap and i'm like i know but man i would like to Kids are so incredibly resilient. So like remembering the full picture, right? Because feelings are not always facts. So your fear, it, it's just a fear, right? So you can you can accept that. You can you can say, okay, that is a fear, but I have no evidence of that. Kids are incredibly resilient. Okay, I love that. That would be a good journal entry. Right. Like, why okay. do I worry about this so much? A lot of times it always comes back to us. Yeah. It really always does. So like in that like journal entry, you might realize like, why does this bother me so much? What is it about this? Maybe it's the fact, like you said earlier, like we have no control over it. Mm-hmm. And for us worriers, we like to be in control, yeah. even though yeah. we're, we're not yeah, we're really. We're in control of nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we, we like to nothing. think that we are, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. We're going to pause right there and we'll be back next week with part two. 